you think that watching Netflix between 10 and midnight is rejuvenating and re- it's not rebuilding you. Like maybe mentally, maybe it's helping you shut, like power down and all of that and kind of like get out of your own head because TV helps me get out of my own head for sure. Yeah. So this is a struggle for me. But making sleep a priority, I think understanding the value of it might help you to make it a priority. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by a nutritional therapist, Cassie Knabel, and professional esthetician and makeup artist, Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello and welcome to Rebel Heart Radio this week. We are we're on our fourth week of best of. It's been a good month. <laughs> oh my gosh, it has been a good month. And like, I am like we really like, I don't think you guys understand. I know it's a, probably an interesting process to like have us kind of bring old episodes back. Almost every podcast I know does this every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're choosing to do this strategically so that we can have a break and you know produce mm-hmm. this podcast in a sustainable way for our health and wellness and yeah. psyche and all of those things. Yeah. And so um, bringing back these best of episodes is like, it's really fun for us. And it very is. like, we think a lot about what we're bringing back. It's very mm-hmm. important, you know, what's relevant enough to stand the test of time over the years, right? Because mm-hmm. not everybody goes back and listen to these episodes. And something that I notice is when we do these episodes that are like in the oh. single digits or the teens, I'm like, oh yeah. no, like, oh, oh okay. This is a long time ago. <laughs> this is before we really mastered things. <laughs> I know, my, my editing's a little different now, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, you picked this one. I number 12. did, yeah. Number 12. Yeah, so this is episode number 12, Healthy Sleep Habits, and I chose this one because guess what? The habits to improve your sleep are the same as they were (laughs) several years ago. That's kind of comforting, And guess what? Guess who's still working on it? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on it, people. So if you're still working on it and you listen to episode 12, two and a half years ago, kudos, okay? We're doing it together. It's fine. Um, yeah. Cheers. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for y'all to, to get some, like, this is an uber practical episode, mm-hmm. um, where we get into the nitty gritty of how to practically like improve your sleep hygiene, your sleep environment, anything that you can do to try and optimize the quality and quantity of your sleep and make it work for you. And so obviously there's a lot of advice in here. I mean like sweet little green Cassie fresh off her nutrition career is like (laughs) really all about it in this episode. But I just wanna say like, you know, just pick something small and get started with one thing. Make that one change in your sleep habits and just focus on that one thing until it becomes a habit. Then do the next thing, focus on that till it becomes Mm -hmm. a habit. Don't Mm -hmm. think that you need to like revamp your entire sleep hygiene your sleep schedule and everything to make this work like Mm -hmm. just take some small baby steps because again 
2020. <laughs> let's, and do let's it for just, a long time. Yes. Like, I'm yep. doing one habit right now and I'm doing it for 66 days. I'm doing it for a long time until it feels like rhythm, feels like habit. And then I'm going to consider another habit. Like I, that's all I can handle right now. You know, and that's yep. okay. Yep. And this is a big focus for me right now as healthy sleep habits as we head into the end of this year and then into 2021. So I'm right there with you if this is something you're working on. And I hope you guys enjoy my choice for our last best of episode. And we will catch you in the flesh. Well, I mean, in your in the airwaves. In the air flesh. <laughs> in the air flesh. <laughs> Next week. Um, and we can't wait to be back and give you guys some updates on how the holiday season went and what's going to be happening for the podcast for 2021. So we're looking forward to it. So today I'm going to go through some of my tips for sleep. And then Jen has a couple of questions that she wants mm-hmm. to pose as well. Um, this is Cassie's realm. Again, she you guys like precursor to all of this caveat to all of it is that I get it. I struggle with the same things. Like I need to work on all of these things as well. I'm not coming from a place where I have all this dialed at all. And that's okay. Like that there okay. are there are seasons in life. Yes. Um, but I'm also noticing that like I need to get it dialed if I want to be able to do those other things well. Yeah. Right? So and operate on the level that I want to. Mm-hmm. Checking in with yourself. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's an interesting thing for me because I think we have these times in life where we go into hustle mode. And for me, I'm like treating every day like hustle mode, like every day. I noticed. (laughs) Girl hustles. (laughs) So, so I need to like ebb and flow with that a little bit more and check in with myself a little bit better. And I feel like this, I say that every week in some way, like check in with myself in a different way. So maybe this is like concept of 2019 (laughs) because 2018 is over half over at this point. Well, you're, you're, you're Um, learning in 2018 and executing in 2019. Sure. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I think I need to execute before then, but yeah. <laughs> so my first tip, and this is something I need to hear right now, um, to improve and just optimize your sleep is to actually make sleep a priority, not just like a thing that we like have to do to get from day to day. Cause that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I have to sleep. I actually kind of dread it a little bit because, so much to do and- because I'm just like, Oh, I can't be pretty. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm not productive anymore. I just need to go to bed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but being awake is actually a catabolic state. So it breaks down your body. Catabolism oh. happens when you're awake. Oh. And sleep is anabolic. So it builds you up. And oh, sleep is actually like the most elevated anabolic state that there is. So it heightens growth, reju- rejuvenation. Um, you get improvement in your immune, skeletal, muscular systems. Like sleep rebuilds you and helps with aging (laughs) by the way um obviously so like that's like your rest time you're truly rebuilding time like you think that watching netflix between 10 and midnight is rejuvenating and it's not rebuilding you like maybe mentally maybe it's helping you shut like power down and all of that and kind of like get out of your own head because tv helps me get out of my own head for sure yeah so this is a struggle for me but making sleep a priority I think understanding the value of it might help you to make it a priority. So. Yeah. I think that uh, I have a question about this too, actually. This is, so talk about it being anabolic as it builds you up. Is that a full system? Like you talked about it being immune, skeletal, muscular. Is that also dealing with your brain? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know that it can, but I've watched 
Lucy go through some pretty frustrating sleep patterns in the last it's gotten really bad over the last month we've had a really good five days i was updating cassie about it on her drive over here because that's how we <laughs> try to get in our headspace and i was letting her know that you know it was it's been really tough because she hasn't been getting rest, restful sleep and it's been difficult for me as a mom because she wakes up a lot i'm talking like every few hours she was like i don't think she ever really went into a full rem cycle and she was waking up with like night terrors and it was difficult for me to understand how to help her and finally working with her naturopath we we finally have a nice system that's working out for her and i can see it in her during the day mm-hmm. of how that's affecting her um emotional state how it's affecting her ability to cope with problems yep and it seems so simple and it is sometimes well that that build-up stage is a whole body experience so it helps to like it fortifies your immune system it will help balance your hormones it Mm. boosts your metabolism it increases your energy Uh um, and improves the function of your brain wow that just described lucy to a t the last five days that's all the improvements we've seen in her (laughs) um and you know the brain the pineal gland is what's responsible for producing melatonin so there's a lot of you know regulation of sleep happens with aid from the brain like this is you know it's an important cascade that can happen Mm, so um you know getting that rest can be incredibly important yes for brain function for sure emotional health all of it yeah so something else that i've been curious about is you were talking about melatonin production and how does how does our daytime function affect how, so like sunlight, things we're doing during the day, how does that affect our ability to sleep? Yeah. So again, this kind of goes back to melatonin production. So you, you produce melatonin, melatonin is produced in the pineal gland, um, in your brain and it sends a signal to regulate your entire sleep and wake cycle. Oh, um, so the production and, and secretion of melatonin is very powerfully affected by light exposure by oh. photo period. Oh, interesting. So is sunlight, that just UV light? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. It's, it's k- tons of different spectrum of light, mm. like UVA, UVB for sure. Um, blue light heavily, a lot about that heavily affects sleep. So which is our screens. Um, sunlight provides the natural spectrum of light, which we know. Um, but we need it to help coordinate a cycle of melatonin production. So ideally we Mm. have higher cortisol in the morning and lower melatonin and then vice versa. They flip at night and you've got lower cortisol production, um, and, and more melatonin production. So So they work. So if your cortisol is all jacked up too, then your, then your melatonin is probably either not being effective because it's. Yeah. I mean, everything's jacked up when your cortisol is jacked up. (laughs) Um, but yes. So, so it's, it's a lot of it is about that coordination. So basically having more light during the day and less light at night. So opening your blinds is a good thing. Uh, yes. I don't understand how people do that, but there's some people that, especially in the summer when it's hot. Well, it's not even opening your blinds. Like you need to go out in the light, Mm -hmm. your skin Mm -hmm. senses light. That's, I mean, it's huge. So, um, so more light during the day, less light at night. Um, and you're, you're really on your way to having like the correct timing levels of natural melatonin production. And this is like barring any other like issues you have in your body with 
you know, melatonin metabolism and all sorts of things. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the basics of that. Um, and one of the things that really plays off of this is thinking about the light we're exposed to before bedtime. So as the day moves on and the sun sets like you really should be powering down your electronics which is a huge first world problem huge huge first world problem Mm -hmm. and it's it's something that is very difficult for those of us who are in the entrepreneurial space right it's it's very you know some (laughs) some people you know their side hustles what happens after they put their kids to bed um, or maybe you are, you don't have a side hustle as your main gig, but you work after your kids go to bed, something like that, or you don't have kids and you're like, maybe how you chill out is watching TV. Like that's me. I have a hard time turning my brain off. Mm-hmm. So watching mm-hmm. some sort of plot line, something that doesn't matter, really, <laughs> really helps. Yeah. Something lighthearted. Love Parks and Recreation, by the way. Um, I love, love the the British, British baking show. Ooh. I haven't gotten into that yet because I'm afraid I'm going to like it a lot. I love it. I'm surprised at yeah. how much I'm not bothered by that I can't eat the things that are on the screen <laughs> or that I don't want to eat the screen. But I honestly, truthfully wish that I miss I miss baking so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then and I love the character that they bring through the show. The, the production is so good. You have to check it out. OK, I'll check it out. I probably don't need another TV show to watch, though. <laughs> Cycle um, it in later. Sure. <laughs> Um, so if you power, so like one of the, the main things you can actually do to improve your sleep quality right away is, um, removing artificial blue light and like that's emitted by electronic screens. So like your phone, your tablet, your computer, um, they actually trigger the body to produce more daytime hormones like cortisol, um, and disorient your body's natural preparation for sleep. So you're going to be in a place where like blue light from your computer mimics the light spectrum from the sun it's not natural but you get blue light from the sun so that's part of what makes the sky blue (laughs) so this whole thing like we really we are all on our screen so much and um there i can't remember who it was that i was talking to about sleep the other day and they were like if you even think about it like when you're driving or walking past someone's house and you see it's pitch black in their house but they're watching tv it is such a stark contrast or when you come into bed and you see your partner is like on their phone in bed with like the brightness on normal setting or whatever even if it's on its lowest setting it's like woo, woo it's yeah. a big big difference and you're just putting that right in your face yeah so you and know most people are on their phone before they right before they go to sleep i know i am i do it too i try not to especially yeah. when i've had a stressful day i'm at least more mindful of like I need to put my phone down long before I get in bed. And that's it. I mean, part of powering down is putting your phone down. Yeah. Um, So I think trying, if you're a business owner or if you're someone who's just on your phone and messaging friends and family, whatever, like try to set some boundaries around that phone time. If you can, Um, it's not always doable. I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can set expectations. You can let people know when you're not available and they'll respect that, but you have to set it if you want someone to respect it. Right. Well, I know that and yes. not respond. My key is like I don't respond to people if I think it's an unreasonable time, but it depends on who it is. Like, well, if sometimes. I'm up at eleven, you and I are <laughs> yeah. usually texting back and forth quite a bit. And Cassie's like, "I was like, <laughs> next, I'm gonna start telling you that now." I know, but I I was going to bed too. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, but basically, those daytime hormones like cortisol you're essentially like looking at your screen and telling your body it's daytime, it's daytime, it's daytime still, even though it's it's not cross signal. Exactly. So it's 
best if you're able to power down. If you're working or watching late, use a blue light blocking software or blue light blocking glasses. Interesting. I didn't know about the software. It's called F.Lux. F.Lux is, I think, how you say it. <laughs> um, it's used for Macs right now. I don't think there's a PC version of F.Lux, but there might be a different saying like for that. PCs. Yeah. Actually, I built it into, I paid extra and have it built in my prescription glasses. <laughs> right. So, um, so then you can, yeah, you can do it in your glasses as well. You can buy super cheap blue light blocking glasses on Amazon. They're starting to make them way cuter. They were sure cute before. Way cuter than oh, they yeah. used to be. Um, another thing to think about too is like you work in, if you work in an office where there's a lot of where there's a lot of fluorescent light, you can wear these all day. That's actually um, probably a great idea for someone in an office situation. There's been some interesting research that actually suggests that the blue light blocking glasses mimic sleep so much that your body will actually sleep less when it's time to sleep oh interesting but you're actually not getting the rest that you need so, so it can make it worse kind of like chewing gum when yeah. you're eating <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, signals the body chewing, that you're yeah. gonna eat but you're not yeah it's you're faking it out <laughs> so so there's a you know there's a little there's a balance there so the one thing i do want to say is that um, when when you are you know doing the blue light blocking software or the glasses like you really that should not be like a thing you're doing every single day unless you have other good sleep habits and hygiene where you are powering things down you're relaxing you can throw on like an amber light like an amber bulb into all the lamps that you use in the evening and and go to lamps instead of overhead lights at night if you have dimmers use the dimmers I've heard of people even going to candlelight as an extreme to see how we their did body that. We did that when our son was first born. Really? Uh-huh. And it was because we were, you know, we were, it was like a, you know, it can be a super chaotic time in life, but we were both home mm. and my husband was home with us for over nine, like I think it was like almost 10 weeks. Oh, that's so cool. I wish my husband could have done that. Yeah. He's a teacher. So we have that benefit for sure. Um, and he had built up a ton of sick time essentially that he got to use. Um, so as cool. extended leave but yeah so he was home so we were we were able to have like more of that and I was very hyper aware of trying to like not expose my little tiny baby son to like blue light at night and all of that and so we did a ton of candlelight and like relaxing and that doesn't mean that we never were on our computers or tv or phones or whatever but Just like more the conscious overall environment was a lot more yeah and it actually he slept really well as an infant and That's I think so that was nice. probably part of it so wow that's fascinating yeah so try not to make that a big thing um another thing i recommend is having a curfew for caffeine consumption mm. um I, for a, a lot of people it's like an it's an afternoon thing but i kind of suggest like noon or I've so heard that a lot noon um mm. i personally can't really do any time past like two and I tend to have issues after that. So I just finished my first coffee and only coffee of the day a little bit ago. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> and it's 3 p.m. here. Um, so having some sort of caffeine curfew because that can really negatively affect your sleep. If you are super sensitive to caffeine, you might just want to think about pulling it out. I know that's hard. but What are kind of some symptoms of caffeine sensitivity besides like can't go to sleep? Like you get jacked when you drink some. Like yeah. it really affects you a lot. I've never um, had that or issue. you crash from it. I mean, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Crashing. Well, mm -hmm. A lot of people crash mm -hmm. like in the afternoon. Right we always like right before dinner. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of that's blood sugar too, but 
that's hmm. a separate separate conversation um <laughs> so what are some of your and i know there's a lot of advice on um like the the environment that's like right in front of you like the light but what other kind of environmental things can we do to help with our sleep Besides so light. you really want to make where you sleep your sanctuary mm. honestly like you probably shouldn't be doing anything other than sleeping in your room or restful things in your room depending on your living situation totally. obviously yeah but like if you normally work in your bedroom your brain I'm looking at you, girl. Because she my has computers computer. in my yeah, bedroom. Yeah, I know. So gotta find mother space in my I, house. Yeah, and she oh. has she does her makeup at, in front of a huge window, and like you need that natural light. I know. Like I said, caveats. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're gonna have to can. work extra hard to convince your brain well, that you're in a restful space and not a place where you work. Actually, I can tell you because I have been aware of that. Believe it or not, I've been actually pretty aware of that. And the way I counteract that is I make my bed in the morning and I do not get back in it. I don't yes. even sit on my bed unless it's nighttime and time to go to sleep. So your bed is your sanctuary yeah. in your room. Yeah, that's good. Um, so a quiet, having it be very quiet, no distractions. So that mm-hmm. kind of goes into like, you know, trying not to have TV in the bedroom or, you know, what have you. Um, very, a very cool environment. So like use fans, oh, use AC. That's um, been huge for Lucy too. Dark, 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 dark. I can make our Blackout dark. You can. Blackout dark. Trust me, blackout shades, blackout curtains make it happen. I did that for Lucy, and I think it's made a big difference. I'm for positive her. it has. It's, her room it's is huge. Pitch so black. <laughs> blackout curtains, like again, even your skin senses light. So if you're like a lot of people that that I've worked with in the past have been like, oh, during the summer, you know, it's so hot that we have to keep all our windows and our curtains open and everything. And like, I get that. That's cool. Like, not everybody can afford AC, or it's not always a possibility in whatever space. So. You just do what you can with what you have. And one of the things that is suggested is a sleep mask. But you have to know that you're just not going to get as restful sleep because your skin senses light. Like mm-hmm. It knows. It's going to tell your hormone production to go whoop. It's not just your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just what yeah. you see. Mm-hmm. So that's a piece of it too. Um, but as far as like the temperature goes, keeping it cool is actually more important than the light piece of it because thermoregulation strongly influences your body's sleep cycles i so So, can relate to this on like an actual like functional mm -hmm. level because uh, lucy will strip down to her pull-up like and she sleeps hot like she doesn't sleep in her sheets this time of year even if it's cold in the house like she just and skylar's the same way they're both just like little engines they just have so much heat coming out of them and at the same time that she was having a lot of sleep issues and she was having those night terrors she was hot and we were like doing everything we could and we finally just broke down and made our because our upstairs doesn't get as cold as our downstairs in the summer and we just turned our thermostat down to like 66 at night so it'll get down to like 69 upstairs Mm -hmm. and i can't even tell you she'll keep her shirt on now (laughs) (laughs) she's like stripping in the middle of the night she does and she doesn't even know she's doing it she wakes up without her clothes on she's like where are my clothes (laughs) what's happening yeah but she's not sweating like and i'm just man yeah i mean honestly studies have found that the ideal room temperature for sleep is around 68 degrees that makes total sense yeah we I'm gonna like say it this l- to my dad who likes it I like warmer. it a little cooler ditto. because I like to have blankets no matter what ditto. time of year it is. Ditto, <laughs> ditto, ditto. I like, I, I probably should get myself a weighted blanket. Like mm. maybe it's a sensory thing, but I like feeling weight on me while I sleep. It helps me relax. I bet a good thing for me for sleep, I'm just like 
spitballing right now would be to grab a weighted blanket and like have that be on me while i'm sitting on the couch before bed Ooh, yeah i start to sit on my new couch you excited for that i can't wait Uh, to see it oh my goodness (laughs) and um but anyways so like that the temperature regulation can be huge and it's been shown that anything like above 75 or below 74 will will cause some difficulty with sleep um because when you when it's time for your body to rest there's an automatic drop in your core body temperature and it helps initiate the sleep cascade so if the temperature in your environment stays high then it can bring a bit of like a physiological challenge for your body to get into that ideal state for restful sleep. So I have a question that might revolve around that. So if we've got, if we know that we need it to be a certain temperature to start that cascade, I'm assuming what time we're sleeping has a huge factor in our sleep quality. Yeah, so this is actually a really unpopular thing to talk about because people have schedules all over the place, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. this is tough, but there actually is a right and a wrong time to sleep. Yeah, so sleeping at the right time, research suggests that humans get the most significant hormonal secretions um, and recovery by sleeping during the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And those For me, the- if I'm working, that's those are the hours that I'm up. Yeah. And then I don't get restful sleep. But I can tell you, if I go to bed at 10 and I wake up at 5, I feel way better than if I go to bed at 2 and I wake up at 7. Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, whatever the, the equivalent Boy, is. I wonder, eight, if, nine. I wonder if these numbers are the same for teenagers. Or if they're, like, bigger. Like, they need a little bit longer or, like... Yeah, I mean, it just depends on where they're at as far as like puberty and everything is concerned, too, because those hormonal shifts definitely demand more rest from the body. So when you say hormonal secretions, what does that mean? Oh, I'm talking about like melatonin, cortisol production, um, anything that helps like basically put your body into a restful state, utilizing, metabolizing magnesium, all sorts of things. So, okay, so that that also begs to to think. So there's a lot of late snackers. (laughs) <laughs> is that a thing? Does that, I'm sure that has to have an effect on hormonal function that also affects sleep. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a digestive perspective, it's better for you to eat a little ways away from, from going to bed. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to help you have more restful sleep. It's not about metabolism. It's not about if you eat late at night, you're going to gain weight. Like we all know, it's about your caloric load for the day and the quality of your food. Like that's yes. the real real so try not to get too worrisome as far as like eating right before bed but makes me feel like we're going it may back change to our... how you're feeling yeah um, i feel better if i have a high protein high fat snack probably two hours before i go to bed yeah um because think- especially if i'm staying up late like basically it circles around for another meal for me yeah and sometimes i mean if i'm up late working until like midnight or 1 a.m i'll basically eat another meal before i go to bed and then i usually don't eat breakfast the next day Mm -hmm. and i'll take some time because i'm not hungry yet yeah um and a lot of that probably is i'm not having proper appetite signals because i'm not getting enough sleep or at the right time so this is a good episode for you oh it's great yeah no i go through the same things that you guys all go through oh yeah um but yeah so Um, I generally recommend for clients, you know, having a snack about 90 minutes before bed. Um, but if you have blood sugar issues, stick to a high protein, high fat, um, 
or, you know, high protein, moderate fat, something like that in a lower carb option. Um, if you don't have blood sugar issues and you operate well on carbs and feel good that way, have a carby snack with some fat before bed and it will help with sleep actually. And some people who have adrenal issues, if they're not blood sugar driven necessarily, um, can do really well with a carby snack before bed. But we're talking quality. We're talking like a sweet potato that's got some butter and a good amount of sea salt. Oh, sounds so good right now. Um, you know, something like that. So, so uh, you had mentioned, um, I think, I think it was recently that if I wanted to, if I wanted to be able to do a higher cardio, um, option, but not like go crazy with my cortisol, that also doing a snack like that's appropriate. So mm-hmm. I, I could see that also be helpful with my sleep because I know I've got some adrenal dysfunction. Yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> anyway. So. so, yeah, I mean, honestly, it just depends on on you it's such an n equals one thing to figure out what fuel is right for you just kind of like we talked about in our keto episode yeah um you know but also figuring out timing of foods is is very individualized as well it's a lot of trial and error yeah especially when it comes to sleep if you're dealing with adrenal issues like having some salt fat and some carbs before bed can be extremely helpful um and what about supplements as far as supplements go i you know honestly i think the lifestyle pieces of it are um the thing I want to emphasize the most, um, but magnesium, it's like Mm. the best anti-stress mineral. Um, it's the number one mineral deficiency in the world. Why is that? Uh, Is it because we just burn through it so fast? We're easily depleted for sure. Is it? Um, And it's it's used high stress. (laughs) Oh, it's used for so many things in the body. So basically, um, magnesium helps optimize um, circulation and blood pressure it balances your blood sugar it helps relax your muscles it reduces pain it calms the nervous system like it has so many functions in the body that it gets depleted super fast so why isn't this being prescribed instead of pain pills i (laughs) i just i can't i can't (laughs) I started taking magnesium at night to relax my muscles because that was my first signal to me personally that I was having a magnesium deficiency. Because um, you felt tense. Because I, oh, I just, I felt like I was literally like my shoulders were almost up in my ears and I couldn't like get them to chill out and Skylar would try to rub me out and he's like, whoa, what's happening? You are so tense. And I'm like, I'm trying to relax and I didn't even have a stressful day because sometimes stress for my body is excitement, you know, so, yeah. or sometimes it's been a day of just full of activity even if I wasn't stressed quote unquote sure so I don't know that was my first signal to me that I needed some magnesium at night and it's made a big difference yeah I honestly like it's it's one of the most powerful and the one I actually suggest the most is transdermal if you can Mm. most people have digestive issues to where absorbing magnesium can be an issue if you're taking like glyconate or gluconate or glycinate or there's so many forms (laughs) eight million different forms are you talking about magnesium oil yeah so magnesium oil uh an epsom salt bath Mm. um frankly i do the oil or a lotion um ancient minerals makes a magnesium oil lotion that i I really like i use a a spray um uh, yep you can do the spray as well and um because i don't take baths during the summer very much because you i just wish i had time to take a bath because <laughs> you yeah i know i agree i yeah i don't i, love I don't baths. make the time to take baths that's for sure i so. wish i did i love i love 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 taking epsom salt soaks heck yes love 
I tend to, so if you use natural Epsom salts, they actually have like, like literal mineral sediment that's left in your tub afterwards. Yeah. It's like red. <laughs> um, and well, it can be different colors depending on what kind of magnesium you're using. But, um, like <laughs> I have a couple of friends that I stay with every once in a while that just always have like sediment in their tub and i'm like how often you take magnesium like uh, epsom salt baths and they're just like oh you know like five times a week and i'm like god i envy you <laughs> they're usually my single friends take me with you they're usually my single friends uh, who don't have kids so um yes yeah, so doing a, a bath is good transdermally is definitely how your body is going to absorb it the best um that being said some people have skin issues to where um transdermal magnesium can be a little drying or itchy or irritating and so in that case you can try the lotion because often it's diluted mm. enough that it has carries with other emollients and things like so it's it's a little a, bit easier do on you have the a body. placement recommendation or is it pretty anywhere you're big exposed? areas mm. arms thighs stomach um areas where it absorbs um quickly okay so uh Great. Any, any other supplemental advice? Yeah. So um, my supplemental advice other than this, you can utilize some herbs um, that help calm the system. Chamomile is great. Um, kava kava hmm. has sedative properties and kind of help with uh, sleeplessness and fatigue. So that can help you get into like a deeper, more restful sleep. Um, valerian root is a really moderate sedative and um it helps a lot for people who have a difficult time falling to sleep or feel like really keyed up um and the last thing i want to say is i don't recommend melatonin mm. it's it can be very effective for for certain people in certain situations say if you're heavily or as like a short-term intervention like yeah. let's say you're jet lagged and you're coming home and you need something to help you reset your sleep schedule sure do melatonin for a couple days couple days right but consistently supplementing with melatonin can actually potentially downregulate the ability of your body to produce its own melatonin mm -hmm. and so you can kind of get yourself stuck with that and not be producing enough melatonin in the long run but it, it just depends on how you metabolize how you make it how often you're using it what the dosage is if you do a super light dose and you do it sparingly and not super consistently or you do it for a certain times and light it's not going to be the worst thing so it's yeah. just really easily abused people kind of like sure. oh we're i'm going to go to this really. natural supplement but people don't think of this it's a hormone yeah that's hormone replacement mm -hmm. <laughs> is basically what's happening there so people aren't as careful with melatonin as i would like yeah so i don't usually have people use it or recommend it except for very specific cases well i think that if you have a provider who's caring for you and is like monitoring you through your process i think that's one thing but if you just if you're self-supplementing it's that's such a scary place to go because you don't want to become dependent upon something that you don't need to become dependent upon. Otherwise, that's kind of my thoughts on doing something like melatonin. It's just it's not a magic cure all. No. It's a it's a band aid that it's will -aid. come off and it should come off. Yep. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I think that uh, sleep can be so elusive for so many people that this episode is like very important for a lot of people, especially with my recent like watching Lucy and seeing how restorative it's been for her in the last five days. Even I mean, is she and she still wakes up like once maybe she's like two nights out of the last five, but she calmly comes in my room, gets in my bed and goes right back to sleep that 
I think she can handle and I can handle because it's still, you know, kids get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but she's not waking up every two hours um, moaning and crying and she's not flailing around in her bed, you know, so it's, I think it's important to discuss the importance of how it can help you physically, mentally, you know, and what kind of steps you can take. Like this is really tangible advice, you know? I love it. Happy to give it. Yeah. So thank you I so much for that. I need to receive it too, as I mentioned before. Yes. So, <laughs> so once we put this out, you're going to refer to it. I'm going to say, Cassie, have you listened to our episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to in order to write show notes. Right. So, <laughs> so she's going to follow up in like a week or so and be like, okay, this is what I said. I'm going to do this. <laughs> yes. So wait, is that going to be your what's up? Is <laughs> your sleep going? <laughs> I'm working on my sleep. It's actually going to be one of my focuses for August. I try awesome. to write, I write monthly intentions for myself and mm. this is kind of, we could do this in our episode about some personal development, but um, yeah, I, I like to set some intentions and some, most of them are around self-care cause I suck at it. Mm. That's just the, that's the facts. It's, it takes a lot of habit and a lot of time and a lot of intention to be good at self-care or at anything on that realm. And I think that's why it's such a hard thing for our generation it didn't get talked about how to take care of yourself. Well, I, I also, and I don't know if this is, I think this is generational. I think it's cultural. I think it's being a mom. I think it's being a business owner, but like just, it's so hard to get yourself out of that cycle of being reactionary Mm -hmm. rather and being intentional instead. I think that's why that word's so buzzy right now. Intentional. Yes. It's so hard. It's hard. It's hard to get into. Yeah. And I think once you get there, you have to constantly check in with yourself. I think that's why it's so important to have like a whole episode on sleep because yeah, that's girl. a check-in that needs to happen often. So thank Absolutely. you so much for your wisdom and your research and your expertise and all the, the knowledge I know that you've imparted to some of your clients. So thank you so much for that. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for letting me geek out and, and chat about this stuff with you guys. So um, all of the deets on these recommendations, any supplements I mentioned, any strategies will be in the show notes for you guys to reference. And uh, we can't wait for you to join us on our next episode. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.